Welcome back to the Dungeon Master's Block, the place where we come to talk about the Dungeon Master, the most important person in the game, the only person capable of playing God, killing characters, and lowering the egos of all other people at the table. I'm your host, Dungeon Master Mitch, and today we are joined by Chris Prynoski. Chris is an animator, director, and producer, and his long list, which can be viewed on his IMDb page includes shows like The Venture Brothers, China, Illinois, Son of Zorn, and numerous, numerous more works. And today he's joining me to talk about evil campaigns, running evil campaigns for your players. It's a great discussion. I hope you're excited for it. But before we get to the meet with Chris, we have some five-star reviews. Our first five-star review comes from Super Lobster 06, and it's entitled Awesome Podcast. Super Lobster 06 says, bringing great ideas to the DM's table. These guys have been an awesome inspiration as a newbie D&D player and eventual DM. I've taken down several ideas from their own gaming stories and suggestions and have every intent in using some of them for my own campaigns. Thank you so much, Super Lobster 06. We appreciate that review. Our next review comes from Carl Reef and is entitled Feet Gaming Idea. Carl Reef says, Hey guys, I just started listening a few days ago. I heard about you through the God's Fall podcast. I am starting at the beginning of both podcasts, yours and God's Fall. It's been far too long since I've played D&D. Life just hasn't allowed it. Keep it up, guys. You are awesome. You can call me out. Daniel Reef." Wish you guys good games. Thanks so much, Carl Reef, for that review. Daniel included in this review an idea that he had from listening to one of our podcast episodes. And Daniel, we are going to be looking at that idea. Stay tuned after the meet for the Mailbag of Holding, where we're going to discuss your awesome idea. Well, without any further ado, you know what time it is. Let's head to the meet. I'm starving. We ain't had nothing but maggoty bread for three stinking days. Why can't we have some meats? The plate meats back on the menu, boys. So welcome back to another segment of the meat. This week we are joined by Chris Prynoski, animator, director, and producer, and co-founder of Titmouse Studios. Chris. Thank you so much, and welcome to the Dungeon Master's Block. Thanks. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to talk about what we came here today to talk about, evil campaigns. But before we do jump into that, for any of our listeners who may not be familiar with you, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? I'm a guy who makes a lot of cartoons, and, and I used <laughs> to draw a lot of the pictures. Not, now I go to a lot of meetings. That's, that's what kind of happens. So, uh, yeah, Tip Mouse is a studio that I started with my wife, uh, Kind of accidentally, you know, uh, I thought I was going to make an online t-shirt company as a side gig because I was working on cartoons, you know, 
the networks and and uh you know and then it just kind of became a studio which was kind of cool we, we've done a lot of shows with adventure brothers uh for adult swim uh metal Athlete, super jail uh, black dynamite china Illinois. big mouth is a show we do for uh, netflix right now we've got some upcoming shows a pilot uh aired uh for uh, on adult swim that is very D D focused this uh, show called Tig Tone that uh, I think in the future you guys will enjoy. And uh, yeah, we just work on a lot of cartoons too. I'm not going to bring them all up. (laughs) There's a long list. I told, I, I was talking to you before we started recording the episode uh, and I was saying, I couldn't pick just a couple to say, uh, Chris has worked on these because there was just so many that if you weren't like fully invested in, it seems that you've even like just dipped your toes into a lot of shows as well. Sure, yeah. Um, and your studios worked on a lot. So yeah, there's a long list of shows that you've um, been a part of. That is true. <laughs> is there a favorite um, aspect that you have like directing, animating? Like, is there like one that you would a hundred percent prefer to spend your time doing, or do you kind of have a love for both of yeah, them? Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of different aspects that are fun, you know. I mean, directing is cool. I mean, that's that's when I do dig in. That's largely what I'll end up doing, or or at least you know, like like on an executive producer level, like kind of chiming in on on creative. Um, but there is something about like either storyboarding or animating that's fun. Storyboarding, you know, and like kind of advancing the story and 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 figuring out how the story is going to be told and, and animating is just a, a good kind of like zen you can dive in your brain kind of goes into slow motion as you sit there and, and draw the drawings there's something cool about that too i, I hardly ever get to animate these days so that storyboarding aspect i mean that's as a dm and with the many people that uh, we've had on this show interviewing like story has always been a big focus for us on the show with dming storyboarding i find extremely interesting and i'm sure that for you as a as a D player as well that's probably been something that's helped you in your story storytelling and the way that you think about storytelling um you have these different aspects that you've worked on probably helps in that process oh yeah yeah i did a panel at south by southwest this year with um ryan Fournier, who's my like regular dm and Leah Hoyer, uh, Brian uh, writes for Riot Games and, and Leah writes for Telltale Games. And we did a panel called uh, Dungeons and Dragons in the Writer's Room. And it was kind of about how, hmm. you know, playing D&D, you know, growing up kind of informs how writer's room works and entertainment and either, you know, animation or games or even live action storytelling, how kind of like the showrunner of the show is kind of like the dungeon master position. You know, the writers are kind of like the players, and it, it, there's kind of like a real one-to-one, you know, kind of comparison to the two. So it's like it's good practice if you if somebody, you know, if any one in your podcast audience eventually wants to be in a writer's room, it's like uh, playing D and D is a good way to you know practice. There's not a lot of opportunities to get into TV writers' rooms if you're not a writer already. All right, Chris, one more question for you. I told you you're going to have a surprise question. So this one comes from DM Exectium. He's one of our Cosmic Patreon Dragons. And his question to you is, if you could cast Awaken on any animal in real life so that it could talk to you, what animal would it be and why? What animal would it be and why? There's a logical side that makes you want to like, have it be like a semi-intelligent 
animal so you can actually have a conversation with it and you know have it understand like a dolphin or something but it'd probably be more like i don't currently have a dog right now but i've had dogs in the past it'd probably just be my dog because then i'd just like i'd love to get a sense of what you know what my dog thinks if if i'm in line if what i project <laughs> upon my dog is really what my dog is thinking. I love that idea because, like, I, I wasn't even thinking along those lines. But yeah, bring bringing a dolphin, it's like, oh, you can probably have some nice philosophical <laughs> conversations with it. The dog, on the other hand, you're talking to this dog, and all of a sudden, his mouth is filled with filled with the uh, his own poop that he's eating <laughs> off of his lawn, and he's still talking to you. Yeah. It's like, well, that would just be an interesting. Uh, I feel like that's a sitcom in the making right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wonderful thank you so much uh dmx exitium for that question and thanks chris for giving us that that fantastic answer let's jump into though the topic at hand evil campaigns yeah. so chris uh running as a dm evil campaigns why should a dm out there want to run an evil campaign it's it's something that a lot of dms have done although i would say that it is it is also harder to run a successful evil campaign than a campaign where you're the classic heroic heroes and going out to slay the monsters so maybe the question here is why would a dm want to run an evil campaign and what are some things that they should know before running one or be aware of before running one what are your thoughts I think I have two like kind of parts to this, right? When I saw this, this is a most possible topic. I was really drawn to it because I think there's there's two ways that you end up with this evil campaign. One is the evil campaign is is constructed to be an evil campaign, and then the other one, which I found happens somewhat frequently with my group, uh, is it kind of just becomes one without. The intent <laughs> of it becoming true. an evil campaign. So yeah. um, I was in an evil campaign at a, a Gary Con this past year. This uh, guy uh, had really we, we did that did a game with him uh, one day. Went with a couple of friends. Uh, the guy uh, Penn Ward who created Adventure Time and some other guys. Uh, and Penn and I uh, went to this guy's game and it was just really fun. And that that wasn't an evil campaign. And then I wasn't signed up for this table. On Saturday night, and Penn was like, "Hey, man, there's an there's an extra spot." So we ran a dig, and it was set up to be evil, and it was so fun and dumb. And like the, uh, you know, I just played an evil cleric uh, called Mean Man, and uh, and we fought like a like a paladin with like and with a unicorn, and the unicorn was also a paladin. <laughs> and uh, you know, he played the guy like real cheesy and over the top, and and it was funny and cool, so he didn't mind. Uh, killing the, 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 the cornball pound and at the end who was, who was the <laughs> boss and then actually the paladin was kind of like the main boss and the unicorn was the main boss you know i think i think making i like like kind of humorous campaigns um you know yeah i think an evil campaign lends itself to humor you know when you're playing it if mm. you're playing a really serious evil character it can kind of probably bum you out you know you know but if, it, if you're playing a comedically evil character you know then it, it, it takes the edge off it a little bit <laughs> there's a first edition group that i played with and for years we we played this one dm we kind of cycle through dms on that one and one guy was running us through uh, the temple of elemental evil right hmm. even though that's you know your antagonists are evil and that our party kind of like descended into at least evil adjacent your big bad in that i think is some 
some character named Zogtoy, Zogtoy, I'm not sure how you pronounce it. There was a bunch of cultists that we ran into and, uh, you know, they tried to kill us. We're, we're, we're the good guys coming in there. And then one of them was left living and I forget why, but um, the character kept antagonizing us to the point where we made, this is where we co- coined the term, this is where our party turned evil, kind of, or at least like chaotic neutral maybe you know i like to justify it as chaotic neutral Um, it was their first steps (laughs) basically we ended up uh chopping off the guy's arms and legs and like cauterizing his wounds tying like 50 foot of rope on him so we could slide them into rooms (laughs) and test for traps and then pull them back to see if anything bad (laughs) and we call him a zuglet that coined the term zuglet so now when we run into these kind of like these games where we kind of start going evil. It's like, all right, well, who's, who's going to make this ugly? <laughs> I guess we're headed this way. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, it was run with a, a bit of humor to it. And also, and this is, this is probably where it goes from, from chaotic, chaotic, neutral to evil is, uh, the character I was running, tried to, you know, get the, yeah. this is the character to have a Stockholm syndrome, but being like really nice to him and getting hmm. him on our side. Actually in the later, Later campaign, one of the DMs made up a table for being able to get the character, basically gamified the process of, of getting a, a character, an NBC, to fall for your like Stockholm syndrome, from basically being civil to you to, to you know, if you really got them on board with the Stockholm syndrome, uh, they would fight for you against, you know, against enemies. They'd be totally on your side, <laughs> um, which I don't think we ever got somebody that, that <laughs> ever, ever got somebody that on board. So yeah, I think sometimes they, they, they're planned to be evil, and sometimes they just go evil. But I, I feel like the key to evil campaigns so they don't get too too dark. I think you hit a lot of good points there. One that I you know, I wasn't even thinking about that whole aspect of a lot of evil campaigns start not because the DM planned it that way, but because that's the direction the players uh, kind of lead it. And I think there's, I think there's a lesson to be learned there that maybe one of the reasons why you run an evil campaign, if that's the way your your players seem to always kind of keep going, I think they're kind of telling you that's a campaign that they are wanting to play, right? And and your point there was that. An evil campaign can be fun. You talked about the humor aspect of it, and I think you're right. I think there's two ways that you can really dig your feet into an evil campaign. You can go super serious, which, like you said, can be a real bummer, and you better be ready for it to get dark. (laughs) Like, it's gonna, if you go serious, it's gonna get really dark. Now, on the humor side of it, it can go dark, but you're looking like at a dark comedy humor way of playing it where you're all just having a a gleeful time just embracing that it's evil but not taking it too seriously as well and you're right I think that's kind of the approach that I would take as well although some dms out there might say I do want to play a serious evil campaign if you do it just be ready for it to get dark just if you want to if you want to go full serious into that torture scene you're going to have some some weird experiences at the table. <laughs> you know, I do kind of every other Friday night game. Uh, my friend Ryan, um, who works at Riot, uh, runs. And he, he, this one is full serious. Like, he thinks, and he's a writer. He, he's really, really constructed a crazy world. Mm-hmm. But it's pretty, it's pretty dark. And it's pretty, it's, it's not, it's not entirely devoid of humor, but it's not, like, 
it's not like a silly campaign and um, yeah he's the guy who like like goes to town with like the dwarven forge and the minis and like everything is built he gets into it yeah yeah it's, he's got like special lights that are hooked up to his like cell phone and he can change the lights he changes the music Man. you know we get into a fight and everything is amazing um but uh, that one you know i've been running a character for that somehow he survived for like six years we actually started in pathfinder and then then switched to 5e recently like over this past year i got a cursed sword and i had to kind of run the character as evil even though or at least as a <laughs> as a like relentless murderer maybe not evil <laughs> But just like any, any no, not evil, not just a hurt. relentless murderer. <laughs> <laughs> not evil with a plan. Not yeah, a, not a guy who's like certainly they that chaotic evil, or yeah, or just maybe <laughs> yeah. even just chaotic. Like, don't mess with this yeah. guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think that one thing maybe that I would say to any DM out there wanting to run an evil campaign. And I think this is something that you can can know if you're going to plan it. Whereas I feel like if it's just a evil campaign that becomes an evil campaign because that's the direction your players go in, this is where you might have some speed bumps. But to me, I would always say, remember and possibly remind your players that D&D is a, still a team game. So even though you're all evil, it's probably going to work better if you're all evil with a similar purpose. At the very least, if there's going to be backstabbing, maybe tell your players, hey, let's get through the campaign. And then when you get that goal that's going to help you take over the world or whatever, let's have the finale fight be between you guys. (laughs) But if you guys try to kill each other halfway through this game, it's probably not going to be fun for the person who dies. And I think that that's if you can plan out that this is going to be the evil campaign and plan out, Hey guys, it's still going to be a team game. So let's all be part of this assassins guild together, or we're all going to be working together. Maybe we're all brothers working for world domination, like through gaining magical power. That's probably going to be a a better way. And I think there's a degree of knowing the maturity of your players, right? How like some players are going to be able to handle backstabbing and it's like, Hey, go nuts. And some players, might not. I do feel bad for that group, though, that it turns into an evil campaign because three of the players are like, let's take over the world. And then you have the one guy who picked to play a paladin and is like, yeah. well, shoot. <laughs> That's happened to us, you know, where um, we've had to like kind of and again, you know, it depends on the, the how you're how you're running it and, and yep. you know, the sense of humor of it. But, you know, where we've had a paladin on in a campaign where it starts to go a little bad and, <laughs> Luckily, you know, the DM in this particular uh, campaign kind of rolled with our sense of humor where we kept trying to, like, pull the out. And it's like, hey, buddy, why don't we go for a walk and, like, admire <laughs> the, like, stalactites in this wonderful cavern while one of the more evil characters, like, tortures a, an orc to get information <laughs> or something. You know, so the doesn't have to see it. Yeah, um, there's ways around it, right? And I think I think that's, it's something we've said on this show so much, but this is the point to which you got to know your players. Because yeah, you yeah. could totally have scenes where you have three just severely evil characters and one, like, lighthearted, justice-loving paladin And that could be an amazing game, especially if you're going with that humor aspect. But you kind of have to have buy-in from all the players. That player who's 
who is being that paladin has to see that as like a beautiful like humor of the game of like when they come alongside and go, hey, let's check out this cave over here. Like he's got to be in for that as well. It's it's a great time if you have buy in from all your players. Yeah, it's it's tough to do PvP stuff. You know, it is. It's a uh, it's uh, whatever we've done evil campaigns. We generally think it's a cooperative evil campaign. Yeah, <laughs> you know? everybody's everybody's down for the same goal. Although sometimes it's you know. The PvP stuff, it's interesting. That's what also our group, our kind of like like core D D group. We made shirts and, and stickers for this when we went to Gary Khan. Uh, we decided to call ourselves the murder pumpos. So that of might course. give you a little insight into into the <laughs> into the play style of your group. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and honestly, like I mean, evil campaigns is probably a great place for that playstyle to flourish. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we keep going back to it, but especially with, you know, if you're going to go with that humor aspect, like, you can just kind of let your players go nuts and have a great time with it. Um, so let's let's kind of shift gears. So we've talked about why playing an evil campaign. Now, as a DM, let's say you're about to, you're planning out an evil campaign, you're kind of flipping the script a little bit. So instead of having the PCs who are heroes and they're hunting down these evil NPCs, the evil wizard who's trying to take over the world or the monsters who are laying waste to a town, you've kind of flipped the script to where now you're on the side of evil. And so in a campaign like that the obstacles have to be different right the enemies have to be different the allies of your party have to be different so what are some ideas for obstacles enemies and allies that a dm can bring into a campaign that's an evil campaign you know and once i've run in the past once i've participated in the past one that works really well that seems to be a common one with these evil campaigns especially you've got like thieves and rogues in, in the group assassins, so on and so forth, if, if those are your player characters, um, is uh, the heist or the getting into, you know, kind of having to break in and steal uh, mm. something and get out, you know, with or without getting caught. And usually it's more fun to get caught because then you have to fight something, you know, <laughs> but trying to basically give them a goal, like, you know, hey, it's the whatever, some evil wizard has contracted you guys to steal the components he needs out of the heap. You know, that gives them a, a solid goal and it's clear and there's fun because there's, you know, you can put in traps, you can put in guards, you can put in, oh, the king is actually a high level wizard. You didn't know that, you know, stuff like that in there. A heist campaign. I've done heist one shots before, but I, I've had players who choose the rogue to be and then like actively throughout the campaign, they're trying to find like in the city, where is this thieves guild in the city? I want to join this yeah. thieves guild, but it wouldn't it be great to just start in an evil campaign, your players off in a thieves guild. Yeah. And the campaign is just job after job after job of certain heists. And maybe you're trying to collect these powerful artifacts for an evil and even more evil purpose, but you can just have a whole entire campaign based on different jobs that you're stealing these powerful items or just stealing a whole bunch of loot from banks around the city. And yeah, that's, that's a wonderful place uh, to have an evil campaign. Especially if you, if you do something where they've got it, 
you know, it's not just we're robo style. There's a lot of like, well, you guys got to con your way into this. You've got to figure out, you know, give them some incentives to, you know, give an evil character like a high charisma or something, which is usually a dumping ground for stats, you know, and be like, yeah, oh, if you want to be able to convincingly con your way into the castle, you know, you got to roll against your charisma or whatever and, and you know, ha- have it be a, a, you know, a role play game as well, because it can be fun to do that. If you want to be that inside man, you better be having that high charisma because you're going to be doing a lot. You're going to be lying at your teeth all the time. You've got to it's it's funny because you're role playing inside a role playing game. You know, you're you're getting into that inception mindset. But, yeah, it's like you you want to make a character who like that. Even a bard, an evil bard would be wonderful for that. Having that high charisma and just. How does he accomplish all of his goals? He lies through his teeth. He's got a silver tongue and he's able to work the inside man kind of job. Yeah. And it doesn't hurt if he's if he's just sworn evil and if somebody catches him in a conversation and his out there is, well, I'll just stab him, I'll kill him, it's fine, I'll hide him in this closet. <laughs> like because <laughs> that's the difference, right? Between a an evil heist campaign and maybe a because you can do a heist campaign where they're even good characters or certainly neutral thieves but if you're going evil i feel like there's more this mentality of well we're we're willing to cross those lines yeah well actually that's a on a practical side right here here's one that's a this is like a dm theory thing that you know it might actually be on topic for our conversation (laughs) is uh like I feel like you want to balance the game differently if you're running it evil. Like if your if your characters, you know, if your your player characters are going to be evil and they are going to be willing to kill, you probably want the campaign to be weighted heavier, like heavier, harder villains hmm. because you know the good guys won't resort to that, but the bad guys will. So they got to be harder to kill. You yeah, know? it's like. Your bad guy, your player characters who are playing evil, if they're going to resort to killing, then you want to make your guys that much harder to kill, you know? And it could be even, like, the obstacles that, well, those, <laughs> the the alarm rang, and now you have a swarm of town's guards, and in a yeah. neutral scenario, it'd be like, all right, well, I'm not just going to... It might not be I'm going to just kill all these guards because they have families yeah. and I'm just I'm a I'm a thief. I'm trying to get the goal, the object that I'm stealing. But the the gig is up. All right. Hands in the air. I'm going to prison. But sworn evil, not having that moral compass. All right. Take out these guards and you can just have this yeah. fight on waves and waves of guards that are coming in. But I, even with that that mention, too, I think another cool maybe even starting place for an evil campaign would be to have the backstory be, well, you did this job, whatever it was. And now the starting place is you're in a maximum security prison and you need to, you need to work your way out. It could be an entire campaign based off of a prison escape. And I think like you said before, charisma can be really good in that scenario. So can having a really strong character, right? Played two really good prison escape. Uh, mm. Like one was a one was a birthday party that uh, my friend Eric was running. Mm. That was super out of control. It was like 
think there were like 13 players. Like it was like way too big, but it was fun. <laughs> I think that was like escape from a bear prison. It was a, uh, we started with nothing. Everybody had no no clothes, no weapons. So I think you were prison. You had like a couple scraps of clothing, but no armor, no weapons. So you had to hmm. find stuff along the way getting out. And then the other one was one that was our house campaign over the past two years in Carrigan that um, my main DM ran. And I think he's going to continue it uh, this coming next year as well. It's like a crazy, like we got the first, the first year was escaping the prison. And now we're out in prison. We're like kind of running wild as fugitives. So uh, it's pretty fun. We had to like make up a gang that we were affiliated with. And then some of us overlapped and we were like gang members. So, you know, when we, when we escaped, we're like, oh, we're in the same gang. So we should be cool. And, you know, there's a little bit of interplay of like, okay, which gangs can get along with each other. We made a truce for now, to, you know, to, to get out of the city. And then who knows what's going to happen once we get out of the city. There's so many options too with uh, prison gangs in a fantasy world context. Like you just have a lot of like strange and bizarre, but really fun uh, things to draw in in a world like that. Yeah, yeah. I think, like you said too, that in an evil campaign, you kind of you might want to make it more challenging because more options are open to players who don't have a moral compass. And that, yeah. like you said, that starting point of you're in prison without armor, without weapons, without anything, just like your prison jumper or whatever it is, that's a really difficult place to start and a challenge for a lot of yeah. for players to kind of go, how are we going to get out of this? How are we going to start acquiring things? I think uh, there's obviously other aspects that you can do in an evil campaign. Uh, classic, we're evil. We want to take over the country or the world. That's that's something in a heroic campaign. You're working against that evil evil NPC who's trying to do yeah, it. Yeah. In a evil campaign, you can be those evil NPCs, those evil wizards that want to take over the world. I also thought of like cults. Like how many times in a heroic campaign are you like taking down the evil cult that if you if they don't get stopped they're gonna let some elder god of destruction into the world right like but in the evil campaign you can be going on tasks to bring about letting that elder god of destruction into the world <laughs> that just seems like a a wacky crazy adventure um for an evil campaign yeah. or even flip it on its head right and say you're evil, and in this campaign, you're you're working to kill a benevolent god. And what oh, fallout yeah. is there in the world when you kill the god of love? Nice. These are kind of ideas for different story arcs and adventures in a campaign, but even just getting into the micro a little bit, like who in an evil campaign is going to be your enemies? Uh, who's going to be your allies? Um, yeah. Your enemies are going to going to be the people who in a regular campaign would be the allies like you think of a paladin order that maybe you're maybe that one paladin that's part of the evil group would be a part of they're a fantastic enemy in an evil group if you have these paladins who are just zealous for justice that makes a very difficult and and scary to a point for an evil group of players um player characters a paladin order seeking out them hunting them down trying to take them out yeah you're being hunted yeah that's a good one 
what options open up to you of allies in an evil campaign? I think it's common in, in a lot of different kinds of stories, right? In a lot of movies, you'll end up with this. It's like, hey, not so moral characters are after the same goal. They want to steal something or kill somebody or whatever, kill the, bring on the reign of their new evil god or whatever. And uh, and they team, they you know, they team up because they have the common goal. But there's a little bit of tension because you never know when they're going to turn on each other, <laughs> you know, or, or, or leave somebody behind. You know, you fell in the trap. Oh, shoot. Sucks for you. Yeah, you're right, though. And I, you can have this awesome montage played out where in a heroic campaign, it's like, we need to go and get together an alliance to fight against evil. And, you know, I think of Lord of the Rings and you have uh, the alliance on at the end of the Third Age where you have the elves and the, the uh, men fighting together against Sauron. And, you know, you think of all the races that of the Fellowship of the Ring would be, you know, ho- hobbits and men and elves and dwarves and a, a wizard. And, well, what does that look like? in an evil campaign, you can have this awesome scene where instead of going and getting these benevolent races, it's like, all right, guys, uh, tonight, yeah, we're going to go to the Minotaur clan. We need to like get them as our allies. And what is, what is getting Minotaurs, a Minotaur clan, like look like in a campaign? Like you think of like going to a, a different, um, you when you enter into a different culture you want to respect that culture sometimes you you want to play along with with their customs and you want to like you want to be respectful of it you want to uh see their customs and and be part of their customs so that you say hey i'm here to be an ally with you well what is a minotaur custom what is a minotaur culture what is sitting down and breaking bread with minotaurs look like i can just imagine like sitting around a bonfire with, you know, that you have the spit and you have uh, just a, like a, a human guard that they captured, a human scout, like on this thing, and they break off an arm and pass it to you and uh, say, eat, yeah. eat with us. Like there's some dark, <laughs> dark things that you might have to do, um, which maybe your char- characters are okay with in an evil campaign. Yeah, you know, I've played one. Dark Heresy, which is the you know Warhammer 40k RPG, that was mm-hmm. kind of like that. You know, we had, and that was a mixed camp. There were people who were evil in that game, and and the ones who, the player characters who were evil and some that weren't. And we had to like go to like this weird like demon cult spaceship thing and kind of couple with these crazy. I think it was like an elephant headed like <laughs> you know kind of like king that was like doing stuff not too dissimilar to what you're describing. <laughs> you know? I think it leads to some really amazing role-playing opportunities when you really just get down to the nitty-gritty of like all the little changes from a good or even a neutral campaign to just an evil campaign. The NPCs you're going to be interacting with, the enemies you're going to be fighting, the obstacles. You can even go to like, you know, in an evil campaign, I don't picture the players riding to battle on horses. I picture them riding on the backs of either like giant spiders or nightmares, manticores, even to take something from the newest D and D book. They have all these different classes of ogres uh, in the new uh, book. And there's one with a small fortress on its back where goblins are shooting arrows of how awesome would it be to have an, to have a PC who's riding on the back 
inside of a small fortress of an ogre and have that be your mount in a campaign. There's little details that are just so beautiful that can make going back to what you said at the beginning, Chris, it's just downright fun. I just love humor in campaigns, you know, whenever we can infuse that. And I, I think that's, to me, that's, uh, I'll just reiterate that that's, that's the best way to run an evil campaign, in my opinion. You know, if you can be evil and funny, then that makes it work. Chris, thank you so much for joining us on the Dungeon Masters block. I hope uh, all of you listeners have enjoyed this discussion on evil campaigns and that your brains are now just filled with inspiration on different evil adventures you can do as an evil campaign or just little aspects that you can add into an evil campaign. I hope that you're all kind of just itching to start that. Chris, if our listeners would like to be able to follow you and uh, everything that you've got going on or just get more information about those projects, where can they go to for that? Probably the easiest way is either with me on Twitter or Instagram. I'm just at Chris Pranoski. It's all one word. Uh, Pranoski is P-R-Y-N-O-S-K-I. Or you can do the same thing with at Titmouse Inc., on Twitter and, and Instagram. And you can probably find the, the, the Titmouse Facebook page similarly by searching Titmouse. I don't even know what that one's called, actually. <laughs> yeah. But uh, those are probably the best ways. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Chris, for joining us here on the Dungeon Masters Block. With that, let's head to the Mailbag of Holding. But they have been asking for their mail on a daily basis. It's all they're talking about up there. That right there is the mail. Now let's talk about the mail. Can we talk about the mail, please, Mac? I'm dying to talk about the mail for you all day, okay? Well, welcome back to another mailbag of holding, the place where we share ideas, stories, and questions from you, the listener. As previously stated at the beginning of this episode, this mailbag comes from Daniel Reef, and it's from his iTunes five-star review. Normally, we're not going to do iTunes five-star review mailbags, but that hasn't been something that we've stated on the show before. So, Daniel, this is the one and only time we're going to do it. We're going to do it for you. In Daniel's review, he says, I'm listening to episode six of your podcast, the idea inspiration episode. And during your inspiration from video games, I had an idea from a game I personally love. It's called Grim Dawn. It's very Diablo 2-esque. In the game, there are shrines, which you either pay tribute to with special items, or you cleanse them through activating them and defeating the monsters that arise from them. Once you do one of those two cleansing rituals, you gain divinity points, which allow you to upgrade your character's skills in an incredible number of ways. My idea is to incorporate a shrine into your game, which must be cleansed. Once it has been cleansed, the character who cleanses it gains a feat, or if that is too powerful, maybe they gain a single skill point. So that's Daniel Reef's idea. Daniel, I really like this idea. I think this would be very, very good for like a specific campaign where you're really wanting to give your PCs a bunch of different powers and build them up to this ultimate battle at the end where they're having to go around and cleanse these different shrines to give themselves more and more power. This also would be really cool, I think, if this was just an element of the world. When you brought this up to us, my immediate thought 
was the monoliths in Skyrim that activated, give you a certain power. And so if you really want to, as a DM, say, ah, I don't want to constantly be tacking on feet after feet or skill after skill, you could do it in that sense that once one of these shrines is cleansed, that shrine gives you a specific feat. But if you were to activate or cleanse another shrine, then that shrine's feat would take place of the old shrine's feat. In conclusion, Dan, really love this idea. This is pretty sweet. I might even have to take this and workshop it and put it into my world because I have a campaign that I think would work really well for hopefully coming up soon. So Dan, thanks so much for writing in. Thanks for that five-star review. We really appreciate the inspiration and the input. Well, that's all we have for you today on this episode of the Dungeon Master's Block. I hope you've enjoyed this discussion between myself and Chris on evil campaigns, and I hope that we were able to bring you some awesome inspiration and that now you want to go and run an evil campaign yourself. If you'd like to get in touch with us to write us an email, you can do so at dungeonmasterblock at gmail.com. Send us in your ideas, your stories, your questions, and you may get featured on an upcoming segment of the Mailbag of Holding. If you like what we're doing with this show, please head on over to iTunes and give us a five-star review. You'll get a shout-out at the beginning of one of our episodes, and it really helps us to reach more people. You can follow us on Twitter at DMS underscore block. That's at DMS block. And you can like our Facebook page. Both of those places are great places to go if you would like to have updates on our show. We have a Patreon member shout-out of the week. And this week's Patreon member shout-out goes to... Just Gio! Thank you so much, Just Gio. Love the name. Just Gio is a gold Patreon dragon. Thank you for your support. You're helping us to create content with your support of our shows. And I hope that you're enjoying all the rewards that are available at your tier of Patreon membership. The Dungeon Masters Block is a proud member of the Block Party Podcast Network. Check out other shows like Detentions and Dragons, Dungeons and Dragons and Daughters, Geek Wars, and more. Well, that's it for this episode of the Dungeon Master's Block, the place where we come to talk about, you know it, the Dungeon Master, the most important person in the game, the only person capable of playing God, killing characters, and lowering the egos of all other people at the table. I'm Dungeon Master Mitch, reminding you all to keep on Dungeon Mastering.
goodbye.